0: Welcome to Wyoming Pathway to Adventure, places to go and ways to enjoy Wyoming's great outdoors. Brought to you by Wyoming State Parks, Office of Outdoor Recreation.
1: Hello, this is outdoor recreation specialist, Celia Corrine. And our guest today is Scott Gillespie, president of Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery. Hello, Scott. And hello. hello (laughs) And hello, Lucy.
0: Hello, Celia.
1: So tell us about Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery.
0: Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery is uh, something I started on a whim about three years ago. Actually, I started it with Facebook, and uh, we just called it Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery. And we were just trying to get word out of uh, the useful tool of using a leash tracking dog to recover big game animals that are wounded. So I kind of started that uh, three years ago and over the last few years, and especially last year, it really exploded to where we have like 1700 members on the page now. And we've picked up a lot of people that are interested in having their own leashed tracking dog. And we kind of help them get started and We also have hunters that'll come onto the page also and ask for help if they're having trouble finding a wounded animal.
1: How did you get into using dogs to track wounded or killed game animals?
0: Well, I've been bow hunting now for, ever since I was in high school, so it's been 40 years. Over 40 years, I've wounded multiple animals that I was never able to recover. And I always wondered a little bit if a dog would be able to track a wounded deer or elk. And about six years ago, seven years ago, I Googled tracking dogs for game recovery. And I came upon unitedbloodtrackers.org. And I was kind of shocked at the level that they had taken leash tracking dogs to so after some research i decided i i would try it i i got their book john jenny wrote a book several years ago called tracking dogs for finding wounded deer it's one of the only books out there for north america for learning how to train a dog to find wounded deer how to uh, pick a puppy from a litter and he covers all the different breeds of dogs and what to expect from that dog
1: after that after you read that book what was the process like and
0: after after i'd been bow hunting for 40 years and wounded several animals and i always knew that a tracking dog would be able to you know i always wondered if a tracking or a dog would be able to recover a deer and elk and i i researched uh, unitedbloodtrackers.org on google one day and and i was shocked at the level that the people back east had taking the track and dog, what they had done with it. And there was a lot of guys that were just doing this pretty much as a hobby during hunting season, were going out and finding people's wounded game. So I I thought I had needed to check it out a little bit more. So I went ahead and got John's book, Tracking Dogs for Finding Wounded Deer, and uh, started reading it. And I thought that, hey, this is something I really need to check out. So how I, how I came about getting Lucy, who is a standard dachshund is one night I was going to read the book and I sat down and there's actually a picture of, the doc, of a dachshund on the front cover of the book. And I thought, you know what, that's probably a good hint right there of which breed to go with. So, you know, it wasn't that easy finding a standard dachshund. Uh, I had to do a little bit of research and I finally found a breeder out of Oregon that was was breeding dogs for game recovery. So I got in tap- contact with her, made a deposit. And in on June 1st of 2018, I got Lucy when she was eight weeks old. When I first started researching, I went to unitedbloodtrackers.org and it's per- pretty detailed organization. And, and what they have on there is you can go onto their website and you can pull up, right at the top of the page, it has find a tracker, and which kind of intrigued me, but you can click on that. It pulls up a map of the United States and you can click on any map, any state that's on that map and it'll give you a list of everybody who's a member of United Blood Trackers that will track in that state. So once I got the dog, you know i was gonna when i started i was gonna do this tracking for myself but I, I decided to put my name on find a tracker and i thought there'd be no better way to train a dog than to be putting her on as many consistent live tracks as possible um so that's what i did and i was on it for my first year in 2018 I think over the hunting season, that archery season, I probably got about 12 phone calls. Went on at least half of those tracks. Um, plus, we harvested quite a few deer ourselves, where I was able to put the dog on that and train her with, tr- get her trained with with our own deer recovery from family and friends. And every year, it's kind of grown and grown, and then in. I already had one year under me in 2018. I was tracking in Colorado and Nebraska where it was already legal. So since I had one year in 2019, Wyoming legalized the use of a leash tracking dog. And I was already up and running and living so close to Wyoming that uh, I started getting phone calls out of Wyoming as as soon as it was legalized.
1: And you did talk about Lucy's first live tracks or the first year, but what was her first track like?
0: Do you want to hear her first track or her first Wyoming track?
1: First Wyoming track. Okay. Let's do that. First
0: Wyoming track, 2019 archery season, elk. I live in Wellington, Colorado, which is only 25 minutes south of here out of Cheyenne. And I got a phone call from a guy one day and he had, What he had done is he had shot a bull elk archery, watched it run across the open face of the mountain and go about 300 yards into a set of quakey trees. And his hunting buddy seen the bull run over and laid and bed up in these quakey trees and didn't realize that the bull had been hit. So he snuck down there trying to get an archery shot on him. And all he ended up doing was really he got that bull uh, bumped up out of his bed and he took off, which is a big no-no for a, for a wounded animal. Once they bed up, you wanna leave them there until they expire. Anyway, he got that bull up and it took off running and they walked down there to, to see if they could finish tracking it you know, in order to find their bull. And once that bull got up, he didn't leave any blood signs. So the guy called me um, about noon on a Friday and I asked him where he was at, and he was right behind Vitavu on I-80. So it was only about a 45 minute drive from Wellington. And I thought, I gotta take this track. So um, that's how our first track in Wyoming started. We went in there, went right to the bed um, where the bull had been laying. One look at the, at the bed, I could tell this bull was probably probably dead somewhere on the side of the mountain. Those guys had looked for that bull for about three or four hours and couldn't find it. Uh, I dropped Lucy on the blood trail. I don't think it was five minutes. Um, It was on the north face, really thick junipers. You couldn't see 10 feet into them. We found that bull in about 200 yards in about five minutes.
1: Wow. Talk about saving time. Yes. Four or five hours turns into five minutes. Wow. Yes. Um, And can you talk about the legalities involved with this?
0: Okay. If you're anybody, each state that we track in each state has different set of rules. Uh, Wyoming's pretty simple when it comes to the leash tracking law. First thing is you have to track within 72 hours of the rifle or the archery shot. If, if you are using a, um, a tracking dog they must be on lead and the in the lead can't exceed 50 foot which is really pretty long uh, most states it's 30 foot and that's the uh, length of lead that i use the dog handler must be wearing fluorescent orange or pink they put this into the rule but once you find the animal you have to attach the carcass tag just like if you were regular regular hunting the dog handler is not authorized to dispatch an animal if it's found alive it has to be has to be shot with whatever hunting method the license is good for it and it has to be done by the hunter but you can act as a dog handler for that hunter you you just aren't able to dispatch um if you found the animal alive
1: gotcha okay so that would probably be something important for anyone going out there to know yeah what about um the ethics of using a dog to track
0: you know I get uh, I get a lot of, of people and, and there I get mixed emotions from people from people that have been hunting a long time you know there's a big difference between just going out there with a dog and finding a wounded animal or doing it legally and there's a reason that we we do you are required to be on lead and and only one dog you can't have multiple dogs on a track so you know we're we're looking for an animal that has been wounded they might be suffering and, and they also if they have expired we, you know we're at kind of during our archery seasons we're kind of under a time limit to get in there and see if we can find that animal as soon as possible, just so the meat doesn't spoil. So we're actually doing a great service for the resource of the animal. We're providing a service to the hunters, and you know, I have people that that are objected to us doing this, and and I try to explain to them that you know, as soon as I can get in there with with a dog, uh, we can recover an animal. You know, we're, we're going to tag that animal. And we're, that's one less hunter. We're getting off the mountain. What what happens a lot with guys is, um, you know, it's Wyoming. We track a lot in Colorado. It's September, we get a lot of out-of-staters. And they, they come from the East Coast. And, you know, it might be a whole group of guys, five, six guys. And somebody comes back into camp that night and tells everybody, I shot an elk or a deer and I can't find it. Well, what happens the next morning? You get five or six guys grid searching the side of a mountain once they've lost blood and they're probably, you know, the odds are already against them that they aren't gonna find that animal. But you get a bunch of guys grid searching the side of of a mountain, they're gonna be blowing all the other game off that mountain at the same time. So would you rather have all those guys in there looking for an elk or a deer, or would you rather call me and I'll sneak in there with my with my dachshund on lead quietly, find that animal, tag it and get it off the mountain.
1: Right, seems pretty efficient. Yeah, much more efficient and respectful of other users of the land. Sure. Yeah, of course. How often do you do tracking for hunters in Wyoming and what should hunters do if they wish to use your services?
0: okay like i said before you know our first year there i got about a dozen phone calls on on find a tracker from Mm -hmm. united blood trackers last september was our fourth season of of doing game recovery and i got over 100 phone calls in the month of september so every evening i would be texting with guys hunters all over the western united states you know trying to find a tracker in the area to come to them or just be answering questions. I get a lot of questions. I, you know, I shot this animal, what should I do? Well, we've recovered several animals and I never even left the couch. Just trying, and guys get nervous. You know, they've spent a lot of money to do this. They they might've been trying for years and they finally get a shot at something that they've been dreaming about their entire life and that now they can't find it. So they're in panic mode so we try to help guys out that way and there's a when when guys do call me and there's there's a couple questions that I always ask first and the first one is is where are you I can't afford to leave my job and drive a whole day to where you might be hunting at but if it's within a two or three hour uh, drive of where I'm at you know, I'll start to consider, hey, maybe I want to take this track. Uh, The next question I ask is, how close can I get a vehicle to the hit site? And we call the hit site is wherever the spot where you took the shot. Because I'll get phone calls, and it might only be an hour drive away, but it might be a four-hour hike back into the National Forest to get to where they took the shot. Well, that's, that. you know, I don't have all, all day to do that either. Plus, I don't want to walk in four miles by the time I get in there, I'm exhausted, the dog's exhausted and we haven't even started working yet. So if I can get a vehicle fairly close, and I've, I've, I've hiked in at least two to two and a half miles before just because I knew their animal was dead. Third question I ask is how much elevation gain am I gonna get once, once I get out of the vehicle and I have to go to the hit site? Cause I've had guys say you're only, you know, we were only a quarter mile off the road and I pulled up on the highway and that quarter mile was straight up, which took us hours to go that quarter mile and we had to gain five, six, maybe even a thousand feet in elevation just to get up there. So those are the questions I ask. Then, you know, if, 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 if it sounds like something I might wanna do, I'll, I'll ask, you know, um, where do you think you hit the animal? Uh, do you have any, any sign of the animal at the hit site? How far have you tracked already? If you were using a bow, uh, do you have the arrow? Can you take pictures of that arrow? Can you send them to me? Um, I also have guys take a picture of their hunting license and send me me that information so I already know what unit I'm in, who I'm doing the track for, and what animal we're trying to recover. The big one is you've taken the shot. How long did you wait before you started tracking yourself? Because it kind of depends on where the animal was hit you know if it was a double lung shot with a bow uh chances are you're probably not going to call me usually an animal like that you know might make it 100 yards and and go down in sight but i have been called on those calls before because a guy made that shot animal went into thick cover and he was going to wait one or two hours to track and in that one or two hours he got six inches of snow on the track Now that's perfect conditions for a dog. Now let's say, you know, um, your shot's a little bit far back. You know, blood at the scene or hair can tell us a lot where that animal was hit. So if you have really dark blood and you think that you were a little bit far back and you shot it in the liver, I usually tell guys I want them to wait at least eight hours before they even walk in there and start tracking because I'm going to wait that long. If I'm going to come, I'm going to wait that long before I put the dog on it. If you're even a little bit farther back than that and you think that it was strictly gut shot, 24 hours. And that's usually the case because what usually happens is guys will take a shot either early in the morning or at sundown. They wait until they get cell phone service to give me a call. Well, the soonest I'm going to be there is at daybreak the next day anyway well if they took a shot that morning before we're already at 24 hours so even if it was far back we've given that animal enough time to expire you know gut shots can be one of the most recoverable for a dog if the hunter does everything right and, it, and that is you took the shot you knew it wasn't a great shot and you just turned around and walked away and called, or you turned around and walked away and came and go back in there 12 to 24 hours later and see if you can recover it yourself. Because a lot of these animals, liver shots, gut shots, animal will bed up within two to three, maybe 400 yards. And if nobody bumps them, they will probably expire in their bed. But if you go in there two hours after the shot, After a gut shot and get that ball up, it might be two miles. And if guys tell me that they've done that, there's a good chance I probably am not going to take that track because they ran the animal out of the. Yeah.
1: So waiting is important. Yes. It seems like. And how can hunters contact you?
0: Um, Like I said before, it's unitedbloodtrackers.org. At the top of the page, there's find a tracker. And you click on that and it'll pull up the United States and Wyoming is green now because it's been legal since 2019. When we first, when I first started this in 2018, there was myself and a gal by the name of Andrea Perry here in Cheyenne. We were the only two listed in the state of Wyoming. Right now, I haven't looked at it in a couple weeks. I think there's possibly as many as 12 on there now and they're kind of covering a lot of different areas of the state. So you click on that, it'll give you their information or their contact, how to get a hold of them. If they can't make it, they might know somebody else that's in the area and it's not a, not a bad thing to look if you're close to a state line, look across, click on the state next to you. You might catch somebody that'll come across the state line and run a track for you. But that's the best way to get a hold of us. Another one is ask to become a member of uh, Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery on Facebook. There's what What we were doing last year is guys would call and they'd have a track. And if I couldn't make it, I would put a post on the page. I wouldn't put the hunter's personal information on there, I'd say, hey, I got a track. Sounds like it was a gut shot bull elk right outside of Albany, Wyoming. Track is four hours old. Um, If you're interested, contact me and the people, the other trackers on the page would call me and then I would give them your information. Hey, call this guy. He's got a possible wounded animal and needs some help with it. But those are the two best ways to get a hold of us
1: and do you have any advice for people that are interested in becoming a or having a leash tracking dog or
0: absolutely you know i'm not doing this podcast because i need more phone calls this september i already get hundreds of them what i do like to see is people that are interested in using this tool um, during hunting season we have a lot of people in our organization believe it or not i'm being being a male I'm I'm on the minority in here. We have a lot of females, uh, women trackers out there. Uh, some of them are hunters. Some of them have never hunted before in their lives. I have several friends that are females that are married and the way they got into it, they love dogs. They love working with dogs. And they got tired of their husband coming home at the end of each hunt season saying, I shot one and I couldn't find it. And actually, <laughs> The some of those women have turned into some really great trackers out there, and th- there's a couple of them like that in Wyoming right now. But yeah, get a hold of us on the Facebook on Rocky Mountain Big Game Recovery. Uh, if you got any questions, all uh, somebody on that page will help you get going. Might even if you need to try to find a, a dog that you want to work with, I got a lot of references to breeders that breed specifically for leashed tracking dog recovery. Yeah, the more people we see doing it, the more people we see doing it legally, that's really what we want to see, and, and that's the main reason I'm probably here at this podcast.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for stopping in, Scott, and we appreciate your information.
0: Thank you, Celia. Join us each week on Wyoming Pathway to Adventure. Your outdoor adventure awaits in Wyoming.